highest level of professionalism here on 19 hits the dragon as always hi Um, hannah thanks for editing this Hello and welcome to 19 Hits the Dragon, the tabletop RPG discussion podcast of all things uh, nerd culture and all things tabletop RPGs. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Daniel, and uh, I'm being joined by a very special guest for this episode, a friend of the show, uh, Conan underscore librarian, aka Zach Harrison. Zach, how you doing? I am fantastic, Mike. How are you? I'm doing just great. Really glad to have you on the show for an actual discussion this time. Yeah, I'm super psyched to actually talk about this stuff and not just do it. It's <laughs> not, yeah, not just playing, getting to uh, to kind of have some table talk here is is nice. Perfect. Um, but yeah, Zach, thanks so much for uh, for coming on to the show today. Um, longtime listeners will know a little bit about you from your appearances on some of our previous episodes, but why don't you just go ahead and tell me and tell our listeners a little about your, yourself here? Absolutely. I am Zach, a.k.a. Conan Librarian. I am a tabletop enthusiast. I'm a I'm a creator, story weaver, uh, dungeon master, game runner. I'm an emissary with Obsidian Portal, with the, which is a campaign management website, which I've been using for a long time. I don't get paid to do anything. I just, you know, kind of complained at them enough until they let me be <laughs> their spokes guy and get to yeah. tout about how great that is. Um, I do creation videos where I use random packs of trading cards to create stories. And uh, beyond that, I just hang out on in the tabletop space and have discussions with great creators. Uh, yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, all, all very uh accurate there. I do want to point out that you're uh, something of a uh, game designer yourself as well. I think that's important to, to note here um, with uh, your couple of games that you, you got out up on, on itch. Uh, big ups for you there. I appreciate it. Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks for, for coming on to the show and, uh, and hanging out. It's uh, like we said earlier, it's good to, to chat with you. Uh, longtime listeners will know that, you know, we had you on the show for actually doing that um, uh, very card pack opening creation method uh, that you, you do on, on your videos there. You uh, made a, uh, an adventure for us and we, we ran it and you killed us all. So <laughs> spoilers for anyone who has listened to it. You so. guys really killed it. And then I got to kill you and it was, yeah. uh, it could not have gone any better. That was an absolute <laughs> treat to be able to do yeah. that. That was, yeah, that was a real, real blast and, and glad to have you back onto the show. Um, to uh, to kind of talk about some you know idea generation methods. Um, so with that, Zach, I just have one uh, really important question for you as we get started here. Um, how are you so talented? Where do you get all of your ideas, and how can I do that for myself, please? I pay just an entire like conference room of people overseas. I just send money. It's this website, and then they generate <laughs> ideas for me. Oh, okay. That's where it all comes from. It, it's okay, a TTRPG okay. farm overseas somewhere. <laughs> you gotta send me like the the deets for that, man. I need to get get on that. Yeah, okay, for sure. Um, no, it's a. Uh, it comes from uh, being so great is hard, but satisfying. <laughs> 
Sorry. Uh, really, it's it's the time I put into it. I've been playing. Um, you know, I started with D anD D like a lot of people, but just in the tabletop space since early high school, twenty some years ago. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it comes down to just being in my head, being a you know, growing up reading fantasy and sci fi and loving those stories, and then finding originally Dungeons and Dragons, and then White Wolf System, and now all of just myriad of different systems to be able to put something creative into. Uh, mm-hmm. It just comes down to loving the experience of tabletop in whatever format and everything I interact with now. I think I want to roll a dice for this, or I want to flip over a playing card, or I want to do. I want to do something with this to interact because my mm-hmm. favorite part of any of it is interacting. And so it's, yeah. it's just another great way to be able to interact with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think that's definitely one of my favorite things, probably one of many people's favorite things about tabletop RPGs uh, in general, or as, as a whole, I should say, is that it is a, uh, an interactive medium. Um, you know, it's storytelling, not just, you know, myself sitting down and writing a story or, sitting down and watching your story, playing video games, something like that. Like I'm, I'm getting to make up a story with my friends. Um, and that's what, you know, often brings me to, to the table is uh, the ability to, uh, to do that in this space. Um, so when, when, I guess when you are, you have a, a need to play a game or create a thing, where, where do you typically get started, Zach? Where do you, where do you uh, begin that process? So usually what it comes down to, I always have, something simmering it's got I, you know my wife made a good analogy it's like having a garden you know i have mm-hmm. i have this bank i have this now i don't have a green thumb i kill everything i touch but story wise <laughs> game wise it, it comes mm-hmm. down to i have all of these seeds of things that i've thought of or created or i have notebooks full of things and sometimes it's just a matter of something triggers an idea i've already had Hmm. Or something literally makes me think, like, uh, I come across a really interesting name of a customer at work. You know, hmm. that'd be an mm-hmm. awesome name for a bad guy. Or I hear something. It just, it all comes down to triggers for me. Mm-hmm. So when I sit down and I think, all right, I'm going to run a game. What do I want to do? The first thing I usually do is go through kind of my bank of stuff I have. Mm-hmm. Um and if I have nothing in that that I really like the idea of, then it's kind of farming for new ideas. And there are a few ways for me personally that I kind of go into it. Mm-hmm. But most of what I have comes from just constantly thinking about tabletop all the time. It's always <laughs> yeah. in the back of my head, whether I'm mm-hmm. at work or at home or in the shower or driving to work, like everything I do there's always like, you know, it'd be really cool is if they fought this thing or if Mm -hmm. this was a story element or if this twist happened. Awesome. Yeah. I I definitely agree that, um, you know, for myself as well, I'm, I'm, I've always got something going kind of on the back burner. I like to like to say, like it's, I I may pull it up and like actually do some, some cooking on the, you know, one of the front burners, but it's always, if it's not there, then it's sitting on the back burner and just kind of like, biding its time i've referred to it before as like kind of like a setting it something to stew just kind of letting it hang out there and figure itself out yeah exactly exactly um so yeah pulling that bank of ideas out is often a a great place to uh to start i think also it's important to kind of consider like what you're sitting down to create uh is there 
something that has jumped out that like is the cool interesting thing that you want to make or is there maybe like a a vibe that you're looking to to capture with whatever you're you're starting up here maybe you thought to yourself like oh this would be a cool style of a game and nothing out there sort of fits into that that niche that you're looking for so like okay cool that's what i'm going to make is something that fits that um that feeling that I'm wanting to get to evoke, right? A, yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of a, a starting place. Absolutely. I, I'm terrible with adventure mods. And I mean, mm-hmm. I have a bookcase full of campaign settings and mm-hmm. additions and all of it, but I I cannot run a module to save my life. I, <laughs> it's yeah. ter- I can't run, was it, Fandolin? I tried. Oh, mm-hmm. And I can't even get through that without just botching it up. And and I end up using the book as a coaster because I just, mm-hmm. for me, it comes down to, all right, I've got these basic blocks. And then if my players don't take it off the rails, I'm going to absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It's does this match the vibe? Does this have my feeling? I think a lot of us as DMs or creators or GMs or really anyone who interacts, even if you're a player, mm-hmm. I'm very lucky. I have a great player group as a regular group that they'll jump in and say, what about this? Is Would this be cool? Or, hey, mm-hmm. is this thing happening? Everyone, as we play, creates some of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I like to have something that has my brand on it. And I love when, you know, we make a brand together. Yeah, ab- absolutely. That uh, the uh, the what's the uh, the term that i'm looking for it's kind of like a, it's like harmonic convergence but on a more person to person level essentially yeah. like you both kind of feel the same um same thing and end up telling that that story uh, together um is again kind of going back to tabletop rpgs being uh, interactive or collaborative storytelling uh, yeah. spaces so yeah for sure um, so tell me a little bit about this, uh, like this garden or this bank that you have. I know that, you know, there, you, you said there's a lot of stuff in it, right? So where, where do you typically go to fill up the, the bank? So to sure. speak? like what, what places do you go for inspiration for story ideas? So if I'm, creative ideas? if I'm looking specifically, if I say, all right, I'm, I'm going to start a campaign, which I have, if you go to my obsidian portal page, I have like nine, 10 campaigns on there where I have a, I've created, I've customized, it has it its own look, it has the front mm-hmm. page where it has the intro to a campaign, and for every one of those, I've spent the time to do it, and then it's like, all right, well, now I'm on something else, because I, I move on, I get another idea. Mm-hmm. Um, what it comes down to is, part of it, what do I want to create, and I start looking for content that's similar. So mm-hmm. if I'm mm-hmm. going to be doing a, uh, say, a, a plane walking game, then I might go to uh, a lot of what I use is older editions. So mm-hmm. fourth edition, and I've talked about this. I'll talk about it to anyone. Fourth edition is <laughs> underappreciated because of the amount of just splat content and world building is incredible. Boo. How dare you like fourth yeah. edition? Boo. I, I, I mean, it's <laughs> right. It's World of Warcraft D and D and it's true. Yeah. It, it was a gamified D and D and for all its flaws, um, even if you never picked up a die to roll one of those absolute unkillable characters in 4e, <laughs> the, the amount of content there is incredible. And just the, mm-hmm. the worlds that they set. So for me, 
I don't have a lot of just, if I run in the quote forgotten realms, it's not forgotten realms. It's right. A piece of this and a piece of that and a piece of this, mm. but just going through old campaign books or old settings book, old planes books, old, even just monster books yeah, is where I get a lot of what I do simply because there's already so much to draw on. Um, for sure. If, if it's something different, cause there's not a lot of one of my favorite campaigns I played in, it was a duo campaign with my awesome wife, Optimus Babe. She's out there a couple places. Excuse me. She um she and I ran a duo campaign. It was D&D in space. So <laughs> okay. I had to go kind of outside and I was pulling things from uh, Esper Genesis was a really cool kind of an indie system. It was a Kickstarter for okay. a while um, and a lot of other sci-fi ones. But I still wanted that mm-hmm. classic, almost TSR in space feel. Okay. So I always recommend if you have an idea of where you want to run something or how you want to run something, Mm -hmm. there is solid inspiration. And, you know, we all use the, I know I've heard you say it, steal anything that's not bolted down. And there is nothing wrong with that. (laughs) I mean, tropes are tropes for a reason. It's because they're good and they're, they have appeal. Um, So the first thing I do is I go to content similar Mm -hmm. to what I'm looking to create for that inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, it's often been said, you know, good artists borrow, great artists steal outright. <laughs> you know who said that? No. Me here you, tonight for right. the first time ever. It gets misattributed actually a lot. Right. No, it was me. Wayne Getsky, <laughs> um, Getsky Michael Scott. <laughs> um, no, but uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely is true. Like going to other sources that already exist. Um, can often be a, a great way to kind of kickstart some ideas around. Um, I often will, you know, dig into setting lore if I'm trying to build a campaign. Um, you mentioned, you know, looking at Monster Manual. That's how my my current Eberron campaign is really built on as I was looking through the Eberron book and the monsters specifically, like the really powerful ones that they have options for. And uh, saw the, the guy who's going to be uh, kind of the ultimate big bad. And I'm like, Okay, yeah, that's rad as hell. How do I get that into a campaign? How do I build a campaign around? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I think there's a lot of that. And there's there's a lot of like, this one idea is where I want it to go. Mm-hmm. How do I find the means for this end? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, as we kind of mentioned earlier, like the the cooler, interesting thing, the thing that sort of like jumps out to you to be that seed of an idea as, you know, what you want to pour your energy into initially and then figure out how to make everything fit around that. Right. Because if that's what geeks you out, then that ultimately like is going to make everything else cool as well. Yeah, it'll all fall into place around that. For sure. Uh, yeah, so definitely going to Monster Manuals is, is awesome. Um, I, you know, often draw um, inspiration from like looking into old lore books as well, like mythology, like especially if I find a monster that like, oh, I'm th- that that's kind of cool. What's its root like, right? Like I can see the monster manual information here, but let me go to like the old Celtic myths that this thing is based on. And now I can dig apart all of that and find some some story influence for, for this thing. Um, you know, we, we talked about uh, your, you draw card packs as well, obviously. Like that's a really great way to kind of generate some some ideas when uh, when Ryan... Johnson was on um, last season. We talked about his campaign with um, it's all Magic the Gathering cards, right? So 
finding ways to like just use those things that are there to uh initiate some some ideas for you um, yeah i i have a lot of fun with that because it's you know, when we talk about creation uh, and inspiration, it's sometimes those wells run dry. Mm-hmm. You know, I've also, yeah. that being said, as much as I love all my um, my library of books, sometimes I'm looking at the same things. Sometimes right. you're right. you're repacing the same path, but a random path. So I've got I'm sitting at my desk, and so you could. T- I'm looking at you. We have the camera. On. This is an audio, <laughs> but I'm looking yeah. the camera. Yeah, yeah. I got and you. And I have a drawer, and I've pulled up. This is New Kids on the Block trading cards. <laughs> yes. Like, excellent. The idea for me, you know, to get into something like this is oh, wow, the second one that fell out of my hands was Sterling Premium. What are these? Award winning country music artists packs. Mm. Um, yeah, rare cards there. Yeah, for music sure. collector. Um, is, I think, is DMs, GMs, storytellers, even if you're just a, a solo storyteller is put yourself somewhere almost uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Mm, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. try something new for yourself. Because if you, to me, if you want to inspire players, if you want to inspire something, a genuine feeling, sometimes you need to inspire yourself too. So that's why I like this ra- random trading card pack thing is it forces me to think differently. It forces me to come up with something to adapt mm-hmm. around as opposed to you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with starting out in Fandolin. There's absolutely nothing wrong with flipping to the back of uh, these days. And I love this almost any book that's put out, whether mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, a Kickstarter funded, self-published, whatever it is, whatever studio, there's usually an adventure in it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and I love that. And there's absolutely nothing wrong doing that, get started. But then from there, if you're going to create, sometimes you need to be creative in how you create. <laughs> yeah, uh, very well put. Um, so I guess tell me a little about kind of your, can we talk about your methodology with uh, the, the the card packs? I know you have like kind of a system that yeah. you set up with those. So t- tell me a, a little bit about that. So I know it's, it's early, we'll do plugs later, but you know, Obsidian Portal YouTube page, I actually have three or four videos. It's been a while since I put one out. I've got a couple in the bank. Uh, I just need to learn how to edit. That's my biggest mm. thing. Um, yep. Valid. But um, the biggest thing for me when I'm building a story is <clears throat> I need a hero, whether it's the party or someone else. A villain doesn't have to be evil per se. It doesn't have to be a BBEG, just a conflict rather. Some sort of opposing force. An opposing force. You need a a progression so something that pushes you need an apex where everything comes together whether it's villain and hero or you know just the climax of the story and then you need where you Mm -hmm. move on from there unless you're playing a one shot you need to also figure out you know that's why for me i love playing one shots because you know the game that i i ran for 19 hits a dragon y'all died spoiler alert (laughs) and i could go hard i mean there was some really pretty kind of grim moments there's some heavy stuff in that Mm-hmm. And yeah. as a as a GM, if I GM'd a story like that every time, I'd get tired. I'd get worn out, and I think players For would sure. get emotional wear as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when you're dropping something into 
a uh, I love that Chris Bound. That's the other reason mm. I got into card packs is <laughs> there. There's a, a certain like dopamine hit that yeah, comes like with opening a little bit of uh, ASMR. These are like 25 year old <laughs> wax paper trading cards. It's just mm. <laughs> oh my god, these are. I'm epic. sure Hannah's gonna love that. Uh, um. So it's it comes down to one. I'm a I love stuff. So collecting stuff, I've got. Mm-hmm. I just collect all sorts of stuff. But having something tangible in a hand, that was the other reason I got into it. Because just staring mm-hmm. at a blank notepad is hard. Mm-hmm. For it's, sure. It's intimidating. Um, so when I have something like, say, you know, with these cards, I need a hero. I'm holding a card that says Joe. And I assume Joe, uh, I apologize to all those NKO TV fans out there <laughs> that I'm not sure who Joe is right offhand, but. Joe's my hero, and my yeah. uh, my bad guy is, I assume, the group of... I. They're all very young and handsome and incredibly 90s guys. Oh, like, yeah. So it's going through these cards is... It means if I have to come up with a... All right, so what's the climax? And I pull a card like, this guy's very 90s headshot. Like, all right, what do I do with that? Because I might not think... traditionally i'm going to say well they get in a fight and that's it Mm -hmm. but if i pull a card where here's a guy with a very 90s headshot like just kind of in a casual like pose by the way he's like leaning back with his arm elbow up on his knee like you know very senior picture-esque yeah senior picture yeah that nails the the vibe absolutely you know what Um, maybe it's not a fight maybe these maybe they have to infiltrate Maybe they have to infiltrate a ball. There's going to be something fancy going on. It's mm. formal. You know, someone's really presenting themselves. So maybe these heroes have to go in on a, you know, this grand reveal that the big bad evil guy is doing. So they have to crash this dinner party. They have to do whatever. Mm. So mm-hmm. that's the thing is when I force myself to be more creative around it, uh-huh. I also find I, I get a lot more out of it when I, I'm playing a game with myself to be creative Right. And it puts out a creative twist that otherwise might not be there in the story I'd craft. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really great way of um, like making yourself look at a story from a different perspective or tell a story with a different take than you normally would is by you know, going outside of your comfort zone, like you said, or finding some inspiration and saying, you know, I'm going to stick to this, whatever card I draw. Like that's going to be the thing. And now I have to figure out how to incorporate this into the story that I'm telling. Um, So like sometimes setting those kinds of limits to not do your typical thing and only abide by, you know, whatever it is that you're, um, you're using as that guiding post um, to, to put things together, then, you know, that can be a way of, uh, you know, making some, something new and and interesting. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, there's kind of, I've heard it said, there's creativity and structure because mm-hmm. when you stare at a blank notebook, just like, all right, now I got to do everything. Right. Just like when you're running a game, no one wants to railroad their characters, <laughs> their players, mm-hmm. but you don't say, all right, it's 9 a.m. What do you do? And that's the game. <laughs> right. Like that, you can't possibly. As a, as a DM who's done that before, like, yeah, that's a really bad. <laughs> right. And all of us have. I, yeah. I dare any GM to. You know, at 19 hits the dragon, hot takes. Let him yeah. know if if you have literally never as the DM been like, oh, I don't. Uh, so you got there's a you're in the town and there's like 
what do you want to do? Like that's <laughs> there are people, it's busy street. What what are you guys what are you guys doing? Yeah. If the most you give your players is that there's a guy selling rat on a stick and that's it, like <laughs> you, you need something there. And I, I kind of find for me personally, because I can get all over the map and it's taken me a long time as a GM to kind of hone and focus. So I'm not just mm-hmm. being too open ended or dropping too many story things to when I kind of force myself within parameters, I find that I can be a little more creative. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think it, you know, kind of goes to one of my biggest principles for overcoming that like writer's block, you know, as you mentioned before, like having a blank page is intimidating, right? Sometimes, or, or sometimes you'll get to a place where uh, I can't, you think of, you know, how, how to, to move the story along here. And it's just, write something do something get those juices flowing and make yourself put words on the page and then you can go back and and edit it later or fix it later change it up later right so just getting getting something down setting some parameters for yourself or saying like you know i have to make this you know happen uh somehow is a great way of uh <laughs> like overcoming that that uh i guess anxiety almost about you know the story that you're you're telling is like oh it's got to be got to be good or you know no it doesn't always have to be good like sometimes you just have a you write a note that's like sexy goblin question mark and then go from there right, right. sometimes <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it's uh it, it's it's not pretty uh, as a gm i'll say so. but you know everyone has a favorite movie and you can mm-hmm. say that there's that 10 minutes in that movie where it, you know, it comes on the TV. You're like, oh, I love this movie. I'm gonna, Of course, I'm going to watch it. It's my have to watch movie. Mm-hmm. But every person can pick out the 10 minutes in that movie where they go grab a snack and use the bathroom. <laughs> and yeah. honestly, that, you know, tabletop isn't much different. There are going to be times where like it's a, a filler episode. You know, there's mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes... You know, sometimes your character's got to go use the bathroom and everything slows down. From <laughs> it. That's okay if yeah, not everything sure. is an epic moment. It's okay if sometimes mm-hmm. it's, you know, sometimes you got to, you, sometimes you have to haggle about buying a horse and that's, you never see that. <laughs> and that's, yeah. Like you never see in The Witcher, like the stuff where he's got to stop and make a meal because he's hungry. Mm-hmm. You see it when he's mm-hmm. talking to someone and it's a story point, but right. you don't see him like, oh, I've got, you know, my ass hurts from riding this horse all day. I'm going to just stretch for 10 minutes and then get back on the horse. They don't show that. Right. Right. Yeah. And in the same vein, I think it's, you know, it's fair to hand wave a lot of that stuff as well, but sometimes you do have to have those conversations at at your game or, or, you know, have those moments where it's like, Oh, kind of a boring thing is happening, but it needs to happen for whatever reason. It's, yeah. You know, like you said, like haggling for horse prices or, um, you know, we're stopping for the, the night to get, uh, find the end and nothing interesting is going to happen there but we need just need to like rest and right you know say that we paid money and stuff like that like things, exactly those things those lulls in the story yeah yeah absolutely happen and and that's okay it's okay to have that in kind of your your writing as well because you'll you'll pick up that story beat later on or you'll you know find a way to move on to something that is interesting yeah later once you just kind of let that that thing happen right you'll you'll or, or if it's like just in terms of like the, your creative process, you got the words on the page and that gave you the energy to get on to the next thing. Absolutely. And maybe you can go back later and pick up the uh, the thing that you weren't quite so happy with. Right? I'm, so. I'm also very guilty as a GM where I'll 
I'll write, I'll fill a whole page. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I'll hit a point where I'm like, well, uh, and I'm staring at the page. And then uh, something I have in a lot of my notes is ask the player. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. it's just, you know what? <laughs> I, I could monologue a whole page and that's like, but, uh, all right. So, so what does your character do? Or, you know, like I said, you don't mm -hmm. want to just, you don't want to open world sandbox, literally everything, but sometimes you're, yeah. you know, you play with these people because they're creative because you want to play with them because they are also storytellers in their own right. Sometimes the best stuff that you're going to get out of your story is like, you know, you, when you invite a lot of people over for a dinner party, you do it because it's going to be a good time and they're going to talk. You're mm. going to have conversation. So sometimes building in that room for other people to fill in that story, it's great because you can be a little bit lazy as a GM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also they're going to create something that you wouldn't have thought of if you just sat down and banged it out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm uh, I'm I'm playing a, in an Eberron game. I talk about this week to week right now, mm -hmm. um, but it's uh, very intrigue laden. And there have been so many times when, like, I've been kind of kind of teasing out details and and uh, dropping puzzle pieces in front of the players, and they'll pick thing two unrelated puzzle pieces up and kind of put them together. And I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that before, but that's actually okay. Yeah, okay. That's you because you said that. That's how it happens. That's exactly <laughs> my plan. Scribble, yes. scribble, scribble, scribble. Erase, <laughs> yes. erase, scribble, scribble. I, and I think every single DM or GM has has done that in the history of forever. Right, like players are always going to come up with some ideas that are way better than what you you could have possibly uh, done yourself. So yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And that's great. You should let reward your players absolutely for having cool story ideas by making their stories happen or taking their their idea and then like twisting it just a little bit to like, oh, you thought it was this, but aha, I gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think that getting feedback is uh, just super important in general. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, tabletop RPGs being a collaborative space. So as you're creating things, show them to people, ask them what they thought of it, right? You you come up with a game, play it with your friends, and then see what feedback they have. And then you can take that and, you know, refine it for next time or make the next session better or, you know, whatever that, that movement forward is for you from, from that. Other people's ideas are always going to be a way to help you uh, refine your own ideas and come up with something that that is uh, that's great really yeah it's I am you know I've mentioned my wife a few times she is always my it's always my sounding board and I mean there have been campaigns because she plays in a lot of my campaigns mm -hmm. where she is part of it and I say like listen I have to tell you a thing <laughs> I have to bounce this idea but you can't like mm -hmm. meta this your character doesn't know this but what do you think of this? And it, you know, I get an idea, I get input, I get a, well, actually, or something I didn't think about because I forgot it. Mm -hmm. and my idea actually is going to be terrible or mm -hmm. it would be better if maybe this thing happened. Bouncing your idea off someone just gives so much life to it. You know, it it's kind of like you're, I know we've been using a lot of analogies. I love analogies, so I'm going <laughs> to keep doing it. The, when you're cooking, you know, you yeah. scoop a sauce and you're like, here, taste this. What does this need? Like, it's the same thing. Yeah is yeah, yeah. you know what can i add to this or what do you think and that's where for me i get so much help is when i'm bouncing you know specifically my wife is fantastic but a lot of people in the community have just 
hey, I have this idea. What do you think? What's your input? Mm-hmm. And then go from there. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, playtesting is a, a huge part of uh, the creative process with tabletop RPGs. And for that exact reason, because, you know, no, none of us exist in a vacuum. And yeah, we're going to make the game that we want to play. But we also need to make sure that we're making a game that other people want to play as well. Uh, right. Because that's the, na- the nature of it, right? Yeah, like, if otherwise I just put out just... the thing that, yeah, it's like, I, I should just go write a novel, maybe, or like, yeah. and then just sit and enjoy that to myself and not, you know, put it out there like why why are you doing this thing if not to please other people so get right. their feedback get their input see what they like what they don't like what needs to be tweaked or um embellished or whatever and yeah go from there yeah let that be the fuel to your fire um uh, shit i got brain block <laughs> for the word writer's block oh, god nailed it um, so yeah, we were talking about writer's block though. Uh, one, one thing that I wanted to mention as well is, uh, you know, I often use what I call the, the shower principle. Like go take a shower, go do something else, right? If you're, you're feeling stuck, can't get over the hump, just set it down, walk away, go, go do something. Uh, yeah. I'll sometimes go and take my dog out for a walk and just kind of be pondering about it. Or, you know, I'm, I'm out about by myself or with Hannah or whatever, we're walking the dogs like cool i'm in storyland and trying to make this this work um and uh just kind of letting you know letting uh the pieces sort of fall into place i i, I re- referred to my um thought process recently as letting the uh the puck fall down the plinko board and i think that's <laughs> maybe the best way that i've ever described my or most accurate way i've ever described my my thought process um that's a fantastic way to see that <laughs> yeah so I'll, I'll be you know we'll be walking the dog and like i'll just be letting the, the pieces kind of fall into place there and sometimes like from just being out doing something else like oh hey boom this big idea happens and all the pieces start falling into place and then i can get back to like actually sitting down and writing or you know coming up with stuff so yeah i uh so I, I sometimes take it a little bit further. I, I do the, not, I, I say hard to get, I play hard to get with it because I chase mm-hmm. these ideas. I get in my head and I will, you know, say I'm working classic dungeon crawl. I will mm-hmm. pull out, you know what? I'm stuck. I've got nothing. And I decide I'm going to start playing with the space setting or mm-hmm. I'm working on high fantasy. I'm going to go dark medieval or sometimes mm, yeah. just literally, you know what? I'm going to go and just read a book that's completely unrelated. Because for me, sometimes, and it, you know, if you're looking at, you're looking at a math problem, you're stuck on any sort of problem in life. Sometimes mm-hmm. the best thing to do, walk away. Yeah. And so, just leave it in. yeah. Yeah. And I, I find if I actively think about something else completely unrelated, mm-hmm. I'll get those ahas simply because my brain, I, I've still got it in the back of my head. It's still mulling right. over, <clears throat> but it's, it's not what I'm focusing, focusing on. Right. Right. And I, I get a lot of those aha moments just because my brain's like, Oh, cause you were overthinking this. And, mm. and that's, I think we all mm. kind of tend to get in our heads and overthink things. So when I completely remove myself is when I find some of my best, I, I un I, I get over my 
hardest writer's blocks by just literally had a better analogy for this, but essentially it just comes down to screw it. I'm not going to work on this anymore. Yeah. And I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to take my ball and go home. <laughs> yeah. And, th- and then it comes later because I have kind of, I've removed myself from having to think about it. Yeah. You, you like get, get out of your own way almost. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, for sure. I think that that's definitely part of uh, a huge part of the, uh, the, creative process in terms of like overcoming that block is just being able to, you know, think about something else completely. Like you said, go play, you know, uh, read a different setting, work on a different thing entirely, just kind of go the opposite direction for a while. Um, you know, I'll sometimes, you know, go and like make dinner with the, with, with Hannah and, uh, you know, we'll be making dinner and talking about whatever listening to music uh, sometimes go watch a movie right like yeah just go watch some you know put on some like nonsense on on tv or youtube or whatever and just like kind of let let the story figure itself out <laughs> I, yeah. I referred to it earlier as like putting it on the back burner right like it's it's gonna be there it'll it'll figure itself yeah. out and we'll you get back, always to, come it back to it exactly exactly yeah Awesome. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've talked about a, a lot of um, ways to stir up the creativity. So, Zach, I guess what, you know, w- once you've got your your idea, you've got your inspiration, you're, you're kind of putting all, all the, the pieces are, are there. What's your, your step, your tips for moving forward or doing something with all of that? Once you kind of have your teeth in something, don't let it go. Don't mm. let yourself let it go. And I, like you said, it's taken me a long time to get to kind of good GM habits, Mm -hmm. but sometimes the best thing to do, if you have an idea that, you know, has legs, give it those legs, work on something, put something out there because a lot of some of my favorite content that I've created was a really good idea with just a mess around it. You know, like I had this Mm -hmm. kernel of a really great idea, and I didn't want to let it get away. So I just kept writing and writing and creating and creating around it. And eventually you build up when you have a good idea. If you keep creating around it, you're going to come up with a lot of junk, just a lot of mm. junk. But as you build up more, when you start getting back down to it, you're going to peel away that junk and find good bits that are still in there with it, if that makes sense. So for mm. me personally, I find when I have something good, whether you sit down and write it out, because I'm I'm somebody who I always have a pen and I always have index cards on me. Mm-hmm. I carry them in my wallet folded up or I have a <laughs> notepad if I'm sitting there at work or at my desk. I have them all over the house. But just write it down, write something, you know, put down a follow-up sentence to anything you think of just to start giving it a little bit of life. Because if all you have is that single idea, and you think of one thing, nah, and then get rid of it and focus back on the single idea by itself. All you're ever going to have is that one cool piece instead of building up around it. Mm-hmm. So once you get a hold of something you like, just keep creating around it. Whether it's good or not doesn't really matter. Create mass around it because you will find that as you think more and more with it, as you fidget with an idea, that you'll think, you know what, that didn't work, but ooh, I do really like how this would influence that, how this would cause that to happen or otherwise change even the original idea because you just keep throwing things at it. Awesome. I, yeah. Uh, some really great, great advice there too. Uh, as we kind of alluded to earlier, it's just write, write something and then write, write a bit more, write a bit more and take that idea that you, that, that sparked 
the inspiration and and you know go from there, build around it, find ways to make it fit into what it is that you're doing. Can I ask you um, so uh, about some specific processes, yeah. uh, specifically related to corner office? Yes. Um, I I guess we'll we'll kind of you know circle back around on all of this. Like, where where did the idea for for corner office come from? How did that? How did you come up with uh, that nugget of inspiration? So, uh, corner office. Uh, it's if anyone anyone listening, I was actually I'm very lucky to have Mike and a few other people uh, associated with and who interact with 19 Hits Dragon. They're actually in the. Uh, play video on the itch page for corner office. Um, so check it out. You can actually see the play, but corner office is it's a simple one D six game about surviving your corporate workday while also surviving a horrendous apocalypse, whether it's zombies, hell mouth, uh, uh, natural <laughs> disaster. There's charts for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it came down to, you know, a lot of people say, write what you know. And that's in whatever, you know, class that's in, whether you're writing a novel, whether you're writing for TTRPG mm-hmm. and you're very familiar with a particular setting. I am uh, wholly and unfortunately very familiar with the very corporate setting here in uh, the regular American work life. <laughs> if spending- yeah, and I'm sure you don't know anything about surviving uh, corporate <sighs> Uh, corporate life during the apocalypse. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Totally but, not relatable at all, actually. So. Uh, a lot of it, <laughs> you know, and I think a lot of us, uh, a lot of people in the TTRPG space, COVID was a big influence for a lot of what we do. Um, I had this some... This is a podcast that started because of... Yeah, co- exactly. COVID, yes, some of my favorite podcasts yeah. are no older than two years because mm-hmm. of there's just so many people who said, like me, you, for example, I'm going to do this thing. Now is the time. Let's invest. We have all this energy. Let's do mm-hmm. something creative with it. Yeah. Um, and for me, uh, my creative energy came from having to deal with a horrendous corporate work environment during <laughs> this thing that we have unfortunately all had to deal with. But uh, part of it came down to is I wanted to write something very relatable because whether you work a corporate office job or you work at a fast food place, you have mm-hmm. a boss that sucks. There is a structure, whether it's one guy or it's an entire building or it's an entire corporation that's internationally recognized and who I'm not going (laughs) to. Oh, no, I can't get my personal stuff into this, but everyone has a work experience that's insane and ridiculous and Mm -hmm. aggravating. So I came up with corner office as a way to one, just do something fun and easy. I have mm-hmm. a, I love crunch. I'm a mechanics guy. Right. Pathfinder is one of my favorites because of how crunchy it is in any system that has a ridiculously thick rule book. Mm-hmm. I love it. I eat that stuff up. But at the same time, while that's, those are my favorite kind of systems, my favorite games to play are easy. And my favorite style mm-hmm. of GMing is the rule of cool. You know, if it's, if it's cool, do it. We'll figure out, you know, you yeah. tell me. And then we'll figure out how to make it happen. <laughs> right. So I wanted to create something that's super easy to play, but also very relatable. And uh, the more I fiddled with Corner Office and did some play testing, the more I interacted with people who played it and could relate to it for whatever reason. You know, they're mm-hmm. making their own characters that are based 100% on some guy they've dealt with in HR or some manager <laughs> that they had or the person they right. wish they could be in a corporate office where 
you know what? It is okay to smash someone in the face with a keyboard because it's the apocalypse, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Corner Office came about because I realized, one, I was very jealous of all my friends making all this content and making Mm -hmm. games. Um, And two, uh, I actually had a big inspiration. There's a fellow out in the tabletop community, Mr. Ray. Uh, He's a fantastic guy. Look him up. He, uh, He does a lot of uh, $2 creature feature and monster of the week stuff guys. Fantastic. And, um, nice. something he said was just put it out, just do it. Cause I really mm-hmm. wanted to fiddle with it and I wanted to get it perfect. And I really, this and that. Um, and his yeah. thing was just, Hey man, if you like it, put it out and people will tell you what needs to be fixed or changed, but just do it. So it came down to me fiddling with all these ideas to, you know, what's a font? What's a good color? Boom. Put it out there and <laughs> yeah, yeah. let let people tell me if it sucks or not, because I think it's fun. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, definitely sounds like you're, as you mentioned, drawing on inspiration from uh, from your own personal life. And I think that's a huge uh, well of inspiration for all creatives. Right. You know, the saying, write what you know, create what you know. I think everything that we are going to make as people is going to be in some way reflective of us at ourselves or, you know, our experience, right? No right. one, none, none of us is writing in a vacuum, right? You know, there's the uh, d- death of the author only goes so far, right? Like right. you're, you're going to um, put yourself into your work in, in some way. And uh, I think yeah, that you, you able, you, you were able to, um, you know, just kind of draw on your own personal experiences and have kind of a, a fun, like snarky attitude towards it. Almost, it's very much tongue in cheek. It seems like that's kind of your your vibe for your uh, your story there, is or your uh, your setting there. I should say is uh, it's like, <laughs> yeah, g- corporate America sucks, and I know this, but here's like the specific ways that it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are very like I am as a as a creator, I'm very aware of that. But the uh, the existence within uh, this corporation is uh is that's just what it is uh, yeah it's so. company co the conglomerate in the game is just an amalgam of all these companies that you see about and you've worked mm-hmm. for and you mm-hmm. hear about and read about and it's all of these things where as ridiculous as a as you think some of these things are i was able to when i say you know use these things for inspiration I have mm-hmm. 15 years of corporate handbooks that I actually sat on my <laughs> desk and used some of the wording for it. There's a disclaimer, and I yeah. won't say what company, the disclaimer at the bottom of the uh, corner office hand guide, the the book, okay. right. is, aside from saying company co, almost word for word out of another corporate handbook, just because there was so much, there's so many good things in those in those books where I just thought this is the most insane thing, most insane content I could use is literally mm-hmm. what's laminated and force fed me for my job. <laughs> Nothing is more absurd than uh, reality. Exactly. Town, so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Yeah. I guess that, that kind of goes back to us saying, you know, going and going out to reading the, uh, the, setting books or reading the monster manual. Nope. You just went to your, your corporate handbooks and pilfer the content straight from, from that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
uh, there's always a source, I guess, is what that, yeah. that proves. Like right? you said, there's when always, you're, all when of us always go back to something. Yeah, when you're looking to yeah. create, go to, you know, find something related to what you're creating. And I was creating, mm-hmm. I was writing a game book based in the style of a corporate handbook. So why not mm-hmm. use the source material? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, amazing. Um, yeah, so we've we've chatted a, a lot about a lot of different uh, types of like ways of bringing about inspiration, kickstarting it, what to do with it. Uh, anything that you feel like we you know haven't touched on yet, or maybe we can give some like parting words of wisdom to our listeners here. Um, I mean, I guess I wanted to ask you, Mike, because you are yeah. in fact very creative guy i've been very fortunate to play games with you you've been in a couple games i've run and i've played with you in some games um what do you find most inspirational when you're i guess trying to run something because you ask a lot of great questions but i want to know if you're going to sit down and write your magnum opus (laughs) you know what what's the inspiration that you want to draw on yeah, I mean, a lot of it's what we've talked about uh, tonight here, going back to uh, to mythology. The um, at, at, speaking of like you playing in one of my games when when we did our, our Christmas special um, this past year. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, that was all about the uh, the Yule lads um, and their their mother and the Yule cat, uh, which is this um, Icelandic myth um, it, that you know exists in the real world or the, the the myth does anyway about these lads and about their mother who's a little bit of like a, kind of a, a hag almost or a witch out in the mountains um and uh, this big cat and i actually um I, I saw i was watching an extra credits is the, the the youtube uh show or youtube channel i should say but their extra mythology where they were talking about the Yule Lads. And it was the first time I had ever heard about the Yule Lads before. And they did this really great breakdown of all of the 12 Yule Lads and kind of what the, the legends are and stuff. And then they were like, hey, come back next week for the Yule Cat. And as <laughs> I'm sitting there watching this, I'm like, like, this is all fascinating as hell. <laughs> like, I need to find, I, I want to find a way to like make a D&D story out of and, this. And so, for anyone who hasn't listened, that was a one of my favorite Christmas one shots I've been in for any system. A Yule cat is such an insanely, it's such an insane thing, A, that it exists, but also (laughs) mythology is kind of insane at its core. Uh, But also the fact that, you know, I remember I'm I'm playing the game and you describe this cat coming up over these houses is, you know, two stories Mm. tall. I just, I find that so creative. I've always been a fan of mythology and, Mm -hmm. you know, I grew up, Greek mythology was always my favorite growing up and there's some, obviously insane stuff in that. Oh yeah. Uh, kind of sure. the, some of the OG insanity when it comes to mythology, but just the idea of uh, drawing on something like that to put it into a game is always, uh, mm. I, I was just super impressed because there's a lot of stuff for me personally. It's hard for me sometimes to draw on certain things. I think a lot of, I'm not alone as a GM that there are some places mm-hmm that I can find inspiration in something that I just can't seem to tap into that just doesn't mm. do as much for me. So I, I very much envy people, you know, your style to be able to say, here's this thing and to be able to draw around it, something yeah. so creative. Yeah. I, I think, I guess in a roundabout way, my best advice is kind of what you're talking about. Find what inspires you mm-hmm. and really run with that. 
mm-hmm. you know, there's, I know it's a hot take, the Mercer effect or whatever, but, <laughs> you know, every GM has their own style. I know mine is, like you said, kind of tongue in cheek, mm-hmm. but can also, I get really dark. I, like mm. I go. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I was there for that one. So. I tend to go pretty far and even my regular house games yeah. get super crazy serious, but there's also a dick joke in there. Like it's <laughs> right. You know, find your style and don't apologize for it. I guess I mm-hmm. should is what I want to say. Find something that really inspires you and go with that and then make it your style. Excellent. Yeah. That's uh, some, some good, good wisdom there. And now I will go and, and be a, a better creator for, for that. So thank you so much, Zach. I'm <laughs> taking all of your ideas and now I'm going to go steal, steal, uh, steal them and, and run with them. Well, a great like I asked at the beginning uh, of the question, uh, the, the question that I asked at the beginning of the yeah. episode is how do you do what you do and how can I do that for myself? So yeah. now I'm going to, I'm going to go and do exactly that. You know, <laughs> a great man once said that a good creator borrows great creator steals you know who said that <laughs> who said that i said that oh did you oh you wow that. that's great yeah that, you know i thought i had heard that before maybe somewhere, somewhere but yeah <laughs> top of the head right off the top of my head that's yeah you're you're such a, a brilliant and, and creative person zach i <laughs> thank you so much for coming on onto the show yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and sharing your knowledge and wisdom with myself and, and with our, our listeners as well. Listeners, you're all very lucky to get to hear. <laughs> uh, I know I said that really sarcastically, but um, I, I genuinely, genuinely mean that. Zach, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. It's been been awesome uh, chatting with you here. I do also want to give you time to uh, make those those plugs, as we've alluded to a couple of times. So I'll uh, I'll shut up for a minute, but please tell my listeners how they can uh, how they can find out about you. Yeah. Um, so first off, just thank you so much for having me on here, Mike. It's been fantastic interacting with you and 19 Hits Dragon and Hannah and everyone kind of, you know, all the peripheral people that you interact with as well. It's been just a fantastic way to be part of the tabletop RPG space. So thank you. Um, as far as finding me, you can find me on Twitter at Conan underscore Librarian, L-Y-B-A-R-I-A-N. Uh, you can also look up the Obsidian Portal YouTube channel and just Obsidian Portal itself. Like I said, I'm an emissary for them. Uh, it's not, I don't get paid to plug or anything. Uh, it's just a great site that uh, I have always found to be one of the best places for me to organize my thoughts, build my campaigns. Uh, I won campaign of the year in 2019, which was awesome. really cool. Uh, and that just came down to being a big fan, being able to create and customize and getting voted. So everyone, mm. if you're looking for a place, you know, I I always say your party doesn't just stay at the tavern. Why should your game just stay in a notepad? Get it out there, build, create with it. Um, so Obsidian Portals, YouTube, and of course their Twitter and their site. Uh, myself, Conan underscore Librarian. Uh, I'm on a few different discords. And of course, my games. Go find Corner Office at... Uh, whatever the link is <laughs> we'll put put the links in the show notes for sure it's on itch I think, here we right? go so. uh conan uh dash librarian.itch.io for both corner office and then i made uh this one's actually free is v f t t r p g the very fungible tabletop game uh <laughs> essentially about becoming a sweet crypto art bitcoin uh nft or and one-upping people by stealing their ideas just because kind of like I talked about the creativity, something 
catches my eye and I just run with it. So mm. one long hating NFT joke turned into <laughs> a uh, turned into a game about being a sweet NFT bro. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. No. Uh, th- again, thank you so much for for coming on and and thank you for saying those those kind words. It's been awesome interacting with you as well and really glad to have you on the show to uh to chat instead of uh just playing which is is excellent as well playing games with you has yes. been amazing um but glad to get to uh just kind of shoot the breeze is is cool too um but uh yeah i just wanted to say about the uh your your uh nft game and just kind of watching the uh inception of that from just us like riffing on nfts in i think it's in the twos cast um discord and then just bam here's here's the game it was like mind-blowing how you were able to just like create create that on the fly it was uh super impressive it was Um, and seems absolutely hilarious so yeah it did in fact happen essentially on discord between like two or three discussions and then Mm -hmm. uh i used a great site at so i just love a site it's called photo p or photo pia it's it's spelled mm. photo p p e a awesome site if it's photoshop online and it's free and it's amazing so nice. it's like you know what these are cool ideas i'm just gonna throw it together and i had a bunch of cool people like mike and other people on these discords who helped me uh kind of fine-tune the idea it was probably about a two-hour inception before <laughs> the game went up on itch um and yeah absolutely fantastic and and really just like um just dripping with the, the sarcasm and, and tongue and cheekness of uh, just your, your whole style. So fantastic. And a- absolutely everyone should go and, and check that out and check out corner office as well. Uh, and watch your, your videos up on the uh, obsidian portal channel. Again, we'll put links for all of that down in the show notes below. Um, once again, Zach, thank you so much for, for coming onto the show. Um, and, and listeners, thank you for joining us and hope you, hopefully you've enjoyed our, our discussion today. Uh, if you have, feel free to give, uh, Zach, a shout out on on Twitter or uh, leave a, a comment, uh, rating, review, you know, letting us know what you found helpful. Uh, or like we've said before, you know, if, if we suck, t- tell me how and be be, be very descriptive so uh, it can get better. Um, if we suck, but, uh, make sure it's all at 19 hits the dragon. If we're great, <laughs> at me at Conan underscore librarian. Yeah, uh, there just- you go. Yeah, criticism. Yeah, <laughs> Mike wants to hear all of it. Definitely, guys. Yeah, just all of it. All of it. My direction, please. Um, but uh, yeah. So, uh, but again, likes, comments, ratings, reviews, whatever you can, wherever you get your podcast, helps the show grow. Helps me know if you enjoy what I'm doing and, and getting any use of out of our uh, ramblings here on on 19 hits the dragon. Um, but the the best way you can help the show uh, is, of course, always listeners to go out and tell 19 of your closest friends. Um, thanks so much to you, our listeners. Thanks again to, uh, to Zach for, for coming out. Uh, everybody, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And uh, we'll see you next time when 19 hits the dragon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.